In this episode of The Full Nerd, Threadripper Pro 5000, ATX version 3, and the end of the PC. Courtesy of Apple. Welcome to the, uh, God, I screwed that up. Welcome to episode 209 <laughs> of The Full Nerd. Sorry, folks. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. Eleni Yee. Hey, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray controlling the vertical and horizontal. Man, I I, uh, I forgot to to load up the the taps music or whatever you know to oh yeah to signal the end of the PC. Well, it's weird. We we have uh, new PC yeah. stuff to talk about, but then Apple just came in at the end of the day. I don't know why yeah. people are bothering. There's just no point. Yeah, should we just skip to the third topic then? We just we just forget about the other two because uh, it's the end. I right. I you know people don't believe this, but I can debate as though I am on the other side. Perfectly, I I know the pitch. I know the argue. I can argue. You know how like they do these opposition and the, they do the presidential debates and they have somebody play the other side. Oh, I yeah. can play the opposition exactly to a T. Like I can, I know every <laughs> argument, every nuance. Actually, wouldn't that you be- are actually the greatest devil's advocate, like <laughs> debater that I've ever known, and it's wonderful. It's because in my own brain, it's got so many bats flying around. I don't even know what is right. That's that's the that's the best thing about being so like mixed up. Is like you you don't know. Maybe I'm arguing for it. I don't know. Wouldn't that actually be funny to have uh, Mike Simon on from MacWorld uh, to to argue for the PC and then you argue for the Mac? There that, we go. See that would actually oh, be really fun because that that's the way to do it because yeah. if you can't argue your if you cannot argue the opposing sides strengths then you're really missing it because you should always consider the strengths of the opposition and they're yeah. honestly mm-hmm. that's not the opposition it is honestly a commercial product that wants your money so let's let's be honest <laughs> there's no opposition here it's just simply the other brand that wants your money maybe, so you maybe. should be able to consider all those options maybe we should uh Set up. Anyway, uh, you know, I guess just for formality's sake, we should go over the other topics, you know, uh, before we, we get yeah, to the end. So. I know it's over, but we're going to talk All about right. it anyway. Might as well talk about uh, it. Threadripper know. Pro 5000. Yeah, so that is the, the, the news broke this morning. The long-awaited Zen 3 cores now moved over into Threadripper Pro. Uh, previously, he had Threadripper Pro 3000. Uh, based on Zen 2 cores. And remember, for folks, it is sometimes hard to remember because it, it sometimes it is so far up in the sky for, from normal desktop people. The original Threadripper came out um, sort of aimed at, you know, HEDT, uh, high-end desktop mm-hmm. users. And then that was Threadripper. And then they came out with a uh, an eight. The original one was four channels of DDR4. And then later on, they did come out with a full-on eight-channel version of Threadripper Pro, basically that was the pro version. That was a big difference. Eight channels, DDR4, essentially Epic jammed into a workstation. And now we are getting the newest Zen 3 cores instead of the Zen 2 cores. It brings all the goodness that we already saw with uh, the original Ryzen 5000 desktop parts, which is, you know, uh, eight cores, CCDs, 32 megs of cache. But, you know, essentially a lot of it stays the same. 64 cores, which is like insane amount anyway. 64 cores mm-hmm. with... Um, SMT, so 128 threads, 128 lanes of PCIe 4.0. Um, but you can imagine going to Zen 3, which was a very good improvement over, you know, the original Zen 2, was um, it, massive improvement. Massive improvement. And uh, for AMD, this is, it's almost like going back to 2020 in a way. Sort of like as though 
M1 and Alder Lake and all these other things didn't show up because they they really there's nothing but good news here because AMD in the workstation market is uh, surprised me but they're quoting a 60% market share uh, which is essentially a, a strange flip because on desktop PCs, laptops, even at the height of, of AMD's um, popularity, which you could argue we're at, we have been uh, and still are, they never got to 60% of desktop market share. Now, um, Not even close. Not even close. When you're talking about CPUs sold by one retail store, sure, that's one thing. But when you're talking about P, uh, processors sold in desktop uh, systems, Laptops, not even ever, it never got close. So according to AMD's numbers, which they're quoting um, our sister uh, company, IDC, 60% market share in 2021 Q4, which is huge, right? For what it's worth, uh, that backs up Puget Systems. We were talking about them recently on another episode. Uh, They came out just earlier this month or last month and said 60% of what they sell is AMD systems these days, so... Yeah, and of course you got to remember workstation market is fairly small though, so it's not as huge as desktop and and laptops clearly. But these systems are also very very expensive twelve fifteen grand or more is easy, easy. you're because you're basically spending the oil company's money to buy you a computer. <laughs> and believe me, the oil company if it's gonna like make them more money, you know making more oil then you're going to get the very best you can so a lot of that those are very expensive computers uh and it's kind of cool for amd because it's just all kinds of good it feels it just it it just reminds you of like just how awesome uh, amd and and zen 3 have been look at some of these numbers here uh We'll go. We'll go over the model sources. First, okay. five models: sixty-four core, thirty-two core, twenty-four core, which is new that didn't exist before. This is that uh, slide ten. Yep. Um, as well as sixteen core and twelve core. So they've added one more that they didn't have before. As you can see, same TDP. Uh, also, the uh, I'm I'm actually intrigued to see that because I believe when we had someone from A and D on here one time, they said the reason they didn't do twenty four cores last time is because nobody really bought it. They either wanted the sixteen core one to get the expanded, you know, memory support and PCIe lanes and everything, or they wanted the pure performance and get the thirty two or sixty four cores. So I'm kind of interested, intrigued to see them put twenty four back. Yeah, no, it it is interesting, especially that kind of goes counter. I kind of wonder if it it just you know again you sort of have that base you know eight CCD build up. I don't maybe that's just kind of the math worked out there. The interesting thing to point out is they're now clocking up to 4.5 gigahertz. That's boost clock, obviously. Base is the same as 2.7. So you're going from 4.2 to 4.5 gigahertz, so a slight bump in in, in boost clocks. But uh, for AMD, it's all kinds of awesome because they are going up against um, the best Intel workstation CPU is the uh, W3300 series. Uh, basically... The max you can get is 38 cores, 76 threads in uh, an essentially an Ice Lake based core. I think Sunnyco, I forgot what it was, which mm-hmm. in a laptop in an XPS 13, that's 2.5 pounds was a really good chip for what it was, uh, compared, especially compared to the other 14 nanometer based parts. But the big problem with it in laptops is it's like, wow, why are these turbos so limited? They were very, very limited compared to 14 nanometer. Um, of course, Tiger Lake sort of fixed that. But the best you're mm-hmm. seeing really in, in these workstation parts is is 38 cores of Ice Lake at a top clock speed of 4 gigahertz. Uh, 
I mean, it's so bizarre too, right? Because not only does AMD have more cores, which is kind of what they're used to, but they got higher clock speeds, higher boost of 4.5 versus 4 gigahertz. So AMD's basically saying, we're going to give you really, really good performance and lightly threaded tasks because we have higher clocks. Also, basically, Zen 3 is better. And we, if we want to get into some, we can just well, go over. Go uh, real quick, the the one Threadripper Pro uh, outperforms two of these Xeon processors. So. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing. Again, this you know this this is uh, the classic the classic internet argument was well that's not fair, but they're basically saying it's uh, when they compare it to two Xeon. Uh, I think I don't know the exact number. I could uh, eighty two eighty eighty two eighty eight two Xeon Platinum eighty eight twenties. Those are twenty eight core. 14 nanometer based, you know, <laughs> basically mm-hmm. Skylake cores, right? And mm-hmm. no, no, no joke is simply crushing there because one 64 core throat ripper just destroys a, a dual Xeon. And, and the funny thing is the 3000 throat ripper pro, the same comparison, they made the same comparison last time. And throat ripper <laughs> pro 3000 was also faster because, hey, <laughs> by the way, you're looking at 14 Oops. nanometer. Xeon. That shows just how much Intel has like abandoned this section for now, because we've been asking forever. When are the Ryzen five thousand Threadrippers coming? When are they coming? It's been two years at this point. Threadripper three thousand was even before that, and it's still comparing against the exact same Intel parts. You're saying, yeah, so. yeah, no, it really it is. It is kind of. I mean, I guess you could sort of like, oh well, we got Ice Lake now, but Ice Lake has not really been wowing people in a lot of ways. So mm-hmm. it's you know it's an easy win for AMD. It's 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 easy dunk, right? So it's you got to take them. Mm-hmm. You got to take them where you get them. So it's it's pretty mm-hmm. impressive. But look at the performance. Mm-hmm. Oh, the other thing that's really, really, really just kind of shows you the strange world that workstations are in versus a desktop is there. Even when things were really dark for Intel in the fourteen nanometer days, you know, it's like hey, you know what? A lot of applications were still heavily optimized for Intel. Because that's the majority CPU, I'm gonna optimize for that. AMD saying 60% market share. A lot of and you know workstation software developers they move faster than desktop people, so mm-hmm. the optimizations have come fast and furious, and they are seeing all kinds of like um, where's this one slide Adam that shows the uh, which one uh, 12 13 I think optimize for superior user experiences with the top is basically they're saying look. You take the exact same Ryzen Threadripper Pro 3000 and and you update the software, the same GPU, same CPU, 2.3x faster in Ansys Mechanical. I don't even know what that is. Clearly, somebody building a a gear going into, I don't know, maybe a bulldozer somewhere is using this thing. (laughs) 2.3x faster just simply on optimization because they have optimized for a Threadripper. And again... It's this weird thing where people are, hey, you're the majority market share. We're going to optimize for you. So it's a lot of the magic that you are seeing in performance isn't always about hardware. A lot of it is on the software, and it's showing up for AMD here. And the crazy thing is uh, Autodesk Arnold, which you know is a popular rendering engine, they're saying AMD said they they did optimization for Threadripper, and they're seeing a 500 500x improvement i think that was it's crazy it's like 500x or something it's like either 200x or 500x but basically it's insane amounts improvement basically by optimizing for amd whereas you know you know four years ago they never would have bothered to because why would you right so it just shows you Mm -hmm. the the advantage of being the majority market share in a in a in a system 
200x is ridiculous, not 200%. Yeah, I just saw you made that distinction in your article. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, 200x, <laughs> not 200 not 200%, 200x. And then there's a, we can do what's another one? Let's uh uh do we just want to go over the good news reel? Or uh or yeah. How about the uh what about the dominant performance number 24? Just all the charts? Yeah, that's just and that's just basically again, this is a this is a 64 core 34 32 core 24 core. Basically the, most of the lineup against the competing Intel part um again so you, you see a 64 core 15995WX 40% faster in Unreal. I'm guessing that's an Unreal compile. So that's not really like playing video game. Again, you don't buy a Threadripper Pro to play video games unless... I mean, most people. Because there's always some dude who thinks... <laughs> or dudette who thinks having a a big rig just to drive around daily is, is a thing. I... I, there was, I know, I don't know somebody, I know of someone who that was the, that was their daily driver was legit as a big rig. That was because that was cool. So most people are not going to just drive a big rig around as a, and I don't mean with the trailer. I just mean the front section of it. There's a long story. I I ain't even mad about it. uh, I will tell you, it's a long story, but the person's wife bought it for him. It was pink. Wow. Dang. Nice. So, but love. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a long story. Not for here. It's a, definitely a, a over beers drink, but 64 core versus 38 core. Hey, no joke. 40% faster. After Effects, 58% faster. Chaos V-Ray, again, multi-threaded, 95% faster. Revit RFO, 23, 23% faster. And you you can see pretty much, I mean, actually, I think the, the telling thing, though, is when you look at, um, 50, at the 12 core, although I don't know. <laughs> Let me tell you, if you're working at the oil company, and you go like, hey, I need, I need the sixty-four core Threadripper, no problem. And then they ship you the twelve-core one. You, you like, you don't rate. You gotta like, you gotta be nicer to your, your IT department if you're working at that big company. If you only get the twelve-core version, because it's to me, it seems like, why would you buy a twelve-core Threadripper? But you know, I guess maybe for memory his, bandwidth. Because you just need the lanes. Yeah, the memory bandwidth. Yeah, the, the lanes. lanes. I mean, they're really, but still, you just kind of like, it just feels like. Oh man, that's all I rate. You can do at least a twenty-four core. You know, just throw it in there, right? <laughs> but look, so but the, I think the interesting there is you look at Ryzen Threadripper Pro fifty-nine forty-five WX twelve core versus an Intel Xeon W thirty-three twenty-three twelve core, twenty-five percent faster and multi-threaded. So remember that's twelve on twelve, both with you know SMT hyper-threading, After Effects forty-two percent faster, thirty-eight percent faster Chaos V-Ray Revit Pro, lightly threaded. 17% faster. So that's really the sort of the magic of, of Zen 3, the higher clocks. The advantage for AMD and higher clocks is crazy, right? So that's basically it's all yeah. win. It, you know, this is like it's easy slam dunk, and you could see why AMD would want to push this out because they need a win. Uh, I know a lot of AMD super fans think like, well, Alder Lake is not all that. Well, I would I would disagree with that, but um, the arguments for, for both. Um, but I would say this is, it would be hard to argue for buying Intel Xeon, although clearly there are reasons why if your entire company is sort of like built around that, optimized for it, then there's, there's a lot of reasons for it. But if you're in pure bigger bar better, it would be hard to argue for it. Against uh, well, Eek44 gives us a 89 Danish crone. Thank you so much. Uh, said, uh, are you talking about a dominating Lenovo pre-built? It is yes, it will be in the Lenovo ThinkStation P620. If I'm going, I'm going off my memory there. Yep, I think that's I true. Have it correct. That's right. I have it up. 
So that will be the first. And if you remember, I think Lenovo got the first sort of launch workstation as well with Third Pro 3000. So there are no prices on these. I know people go like, oh, well, I want to buy this big rig, Gordon, because I want to drive around. <laughs> There's no price in this right now. The initial, um, you will get it in the Lenovo P620. It almost looks like it's <laughs> it's got bays in it for an optical drive, interestingly. Um, and um, and they're vertically mounted, too. And then eventually you can expect them to show up in the other big That's workstation terrifying. makers. Yeah, workstation makers, uh, HP and Dell. And then uh, it's funny, the original Third of Pro, remember, wasn't intended to be sold to end users. Uh, it did eventually end up there. In fact, you could buy a 64-core uh, TR Pro 3000 on Amazon today for like six grand, I think. So. Uh, you know, uh, back to the earlier core count thing, like, oh, who would get a 12-core Threadripper Pro? But uh, Vignesh says, um, friend of the show, Vignesh, says uh, the lower core counts are also useful for software that uses per-core licensing. So more cores, more expensive, mm-hmm. the software licensing. Never heard of that. Wow. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, that's a thing. That's legit. And, you know, there's, you know, there's some people will take, it, there's some people will take, you know, um, high core count parts and then they'll turn off cores in order to boost the clocks and the other cores too right so there's there's legit reasons for it but i'm just saying it feels like if you order or just being gordon i'm just saying <laughs> you know how it is with it departments if you kiss their butts like hey i just my, my, my got some cookies here dropping cookies off and they're like they will remember you like hey yeah you know you order this i'm gonna slip in something extra special here they won't notice nobody notices up top <laughs> <laughs> you get the 12 core one you know it's like oh man i should have brought some cookies over there too should have said they look oh, like my shirt today <laughs> that's a very california shirt that gordon's wearing oh. uh it is. so i have a question so what do you think about the fact that this is launching but we still haven't seen non-pro threadrippers what do you think about that you know i think it's because it just sort of speaks to you know limited there's still limited somewhat limited i'm gonna guess there's somewhat limited dyes and you have Lenovo, HP, and Dell. The other two have not announced yet, but you got to imagine they're on the way. They want to feed the market that's the hottest. And I know people like to build their DIY boxes with RGB and buy the you know very minimum amount of hardware to make it run. That's generally not how people who buy workstations think. Again, you're, you're digging, and if you're an oil company, you are not going to cheap out um, and... So I think it just sort of speaks to, you know, frankly, 16-core Threadripper, Alder Lake at more cores is plenty for for consumers. I think it got very mm-hmm. hard to justify making a, a normal Threadripper because clearly the, the money is where the pros at. You're selling, you know, only through OEMs. And I, you know, I, I understand why, you know, and, and you know, yeah. to be honest, you could argue, like, you know, are you, do you if you're buying a 64 core Threadripper originally because it was just sort of insane, over the top, cool factor, mm-hmm. you could argue, like, you should really have a channel, right? Professional workstation. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I like it. Like, I'm of split mind about, uh, to me, it feels like high end desktop has kind of died off. Uh, we haven't seen Threadripper in a while. I can understand why, because it's really like the 16-core, 5950X. When you're talking about pure cores, like that's anything that someone's building something personally should really need top-wise. Otherwise, jump up to a workstation. But uh, high-end desktop, both for Intel and Threadripper Non-Pro, they had all the extra features like the extra memory channels and the PCIe lanes and stuff. And I feel like there's just like a hole in the market that there wasn't before. 
So I don't know. Mixed feelings. Yeah, no, and I get it. You know, and also the, you could also say like, I mean, if you're AMD, like Intel sort of basically like they tapped out on HEDT, right? I mean, it got kind of silly there. <laughs> they got beat up pretty badly. And I don't, I, yep. whether it'll be interesting to see whether there's sort of movement there, it, you know, and the thing about HEDT, high end desktop again, it was always super, super tiny. And, but it, it's the thing that got people excited, got their juices flowing. They were talking about it, but realistically, everybody bought the cheap stuff, the small socket. Nobody yep. really bought the big socket. So you could argue it doesn't make any sense. Um, maybe if you want to have a, you know, a, apart just to demonstrate you know like hey we're back in we're back in the game i could see it happening you know and even though it was pretty ugly for a lot of those high-end you know core i9s at the end there the the attempt there was impressive i mean you looked at like the those motherboards were over the top right they were they were mm-hmm. and, you know they were definitely not built as workstation boards which is like you know 110 percent reliability for the next 10 years they were very much built as performance platforms for overclocking and all that other stuff, but I think it just it got a little too silly. I, I, so it'll be interesting to see if HDD2 really does come back. I think it will, but I don't know. Yeah. You know. Do you think it would be anytime soon though? Because I'm wondering how much of this is also just related to the fact that you know chip manufacturing has been so limited in the last two almost yeah two years. Being <laughs> yeah. working our way to two and a half years, so it just seems like one of those areas where it's like fun. Like, it's fun to impress people. It's fun to just, like, drop this, like, hey, right. this is what we can do. But I think if, you know, people are clamoring for stuff, it also doesn't seem like the most wise decision to focus on that at the moment. So I'm wondering how much that plays into this right now, too. Yeah. No, I agree with that, too. Also, but I do think, like, you, if you're Intel, if I were Intel, and let's face it, Intel has a much, much larger war chest than AMD. At some point, when you're comfortable with yields and you have the product, I would think they'd want to get into back into HEDT because if they get to try it out something at Computex and say, here, here's 64 cores at 5 gigahertz, damn, right? <laughs> then AMD is, they feel like they have to respond in a way, or at least they sort of let, they lift Intel market on this one area and they have nothing to compare to it. So with AMD having more limited resources, you sort of make them fight on three fronts or four fronts. I guess you've got, you know, you've got mobile. You've got desktop, true desktop, and then you've got HEDT, and then you have true workstation plus servers and all that stuff. So making AMD spend more money to compete with you in more places, I would think would make sense for Intel eventually. But, I mean, it's been yes. – it got ugly right, Not right that, now. No, it just it just <laughs> it got really ugly. And Threadripper with 64 core was just that like – they basically sent, you know what, let's – I mean, I don't even know, like, did they even bother to rebuild? I mean, when was the last time we saw an HEDT? indications from intel because it was it was just ugly there it was just ugly so that 64 core one you said it was a touchdown spike it was more than a touchdown spike it was like touchdown spike you know 15 flags for taunting kind of a deal <laughs> yeah. <it>. Yeah, no. <laughs> and you know it's interesting because i i sort of think like this whole thing is like wow this is crazy to see like you know again we're playing the bigger bar better game and to see all these bigger bar better for amd again it's just it feels very 2020 like be, before mm. Well, I guess pre pre Alder Lake. I mean, Alder Lake definitely doesn't totally close the door, but at least it's competitive. But this feels like mm-hmm. it, it's like a reminder of like, dang, there were days where AMD just wiped out Intel again. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad this finally happened. But yes, you are not going to buy this. It will not be cheap. <laughs> 
Interesting. Uh, and I mean, and whatever it's, uh, you know, doesn't matter anyway. Cause, cause Apple just ruined the day. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, no, I do want to see how much is that 64 core thread. I swear it was like six grand. It might've been only four grand though. Maybe I was exaggerating. Well, well no, I thought it was, uh, Oh no, $6,400. Oh, see, totally good oh, okay. deal. There you go. For a $39.95 WX. Perfect. So you would imagine this Go newer one would be a little pricier than that. And then the the non-pro 3990 was... $4,000? Oh, my God. Interesting. They must have just be like... That was the one that Ian uh, talked him into making it pricey. Yeah, that's the Ian, 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 Ian Cutter <laughs> yeah. edition. That was basically... He signed every single one. Yeah, it was $39.90 was a price, right? Yeah, it was. No, well, actually, yeah. you know, that's, that's how they should name them. It makes it easy to remember because uh, the the two options for the 3990X Ian Cutcher Station on Amazon is uh, $8,385.47. What? So, I just probably because there's just no appreciated well. Yeah. Well, it's like, what, I mean, his, no, his, his signature is, is just going up in value, you know, if, if he signed every box going yeah. up. Ooh, we buy one of these. Yeah. 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 Ian sign it. Come on, i there you go. Boom. <laughs> see, see, everyone's like, "Oh, you need to start scalping GPUs." But no, if we were thinking ahead, you would have bought those thread rippers and sold those right now. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, we so you know we get the credit for having Lisa Sue sign the first T-shirt ever. Mm-hmm. It is a giveaway. Long story there, but we should have just had like all the execs every time we meet them have them sign stuff. You know, like <laughs> and then like maybe they could just like you know if you ever go to like Comic Con and you see like, hey, is, is Levar Burton? And he's like, hey, sign this. <laughs> Fifteen dollars, like oh, crew. what? I got to pay for that? <laughs> or just like baseball players, right? They have like, do they sign them for kids for free? Or do you got to pay them? It depends on the event, but at, 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 if you go to like a pro day show, they'll just sign stuff in the crowd. Yeah. Okay. See, that's that's what they need to do is like be at a trade show and just sign stuff, and then you can like sell. It <laughs> There's a, a booth of Lisa Sue and then we, a big line. We have a Gregory Bryant signed box, don't we? No, we gave that away. That was a giveaway. Oh, dang yeah. it. He's not there anymore. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's collectible. Totally collectible. <laughs> Just for two. Actually, no. Who's, who signed the uh, 9900K box? I that wasn't we Gregory look. Bryant, yeah, was it? The, I don't. The one that got dropped. Yeah, the one I broke. I didn't break. <laughs> That's the Adam edition. People don't know. Adam broke the only. If you look at the original awesome 9900KS box. <laughs> Just a K. All of the is it the K? Yeah, so just a K. All of the okay. press shots from New York City were only on one side because Adam broke it. <laughs> it's true. And then they they signed it and sent it to me. It's like the dark we, side we of the moon. What does the other side of that box look like? We don't know. Uh, PC Adam's World broke way it. Of just establishing that he would have the only shots from that one angle. No, I don't even I mean, think we got it. I, I mean, it was, no, I you know it was just I I and it was plastic and it's just like you know it was one of those like. Like eggs that just went, and then it was plastic and hollow. So the, everybody in the whole place just like stopped and turned. And I was like, "Well," and then of course everybody's like, "Well, a good thing you got backup." I was like, "No, that's the only." They're one. like, "Oh crap!" And you know the thing is, for prototype cases, that thing probably costs like twelve thousand dollars to build too. It's like a prototype built, hand built. In Switzerland. It's a good thing the war chest is so deep, right? Yikes! Yikes! Yeah, yeah. that that'll yeah. Anyway, good thing it was wasn't live. Uh, Mm. All right, cool. Well, uh, Gordon, well, what's up with this uh, ATX version three? What do you say, main rail, multi rail? Uh, yeah, so it's official uh, this m- this month. Intel sent out the ATX version three point multi rail desktop platform power supply design guide. Basically, that's uh, it's the tablets. They come down and they they tell everybody what uh, Intel's views on how to build ATX power supplies are. 
Um, and for people who don't know, Intel basically has is is they have paid long time. They've paid all the money to do all the engineering to to develop all this stuff, so they get a say in, in sort of how these things go. Uh, this new des- design uh, guide. The only story, probably the best story you're going to want to read, is over uh, on Tom's Hardware at the moment, written by Eris. I'm going. I don't want to mm-hmm. try to mangle his his last name. Really good write up on Atex version three. Uh, there's a few things that are really new to it. The the one thing that everybody will key on is a new PCIe 5.0 connector, and that is uh, yep. essentially an attempt to instead of having multiple connectors go to the the GPU, you will have one single 12 pin plus four, so 16 pin connector that'll go into the GPU. Uh, I should should I give you a picture of it? Nah. I mean, no, it makes sense. It's, it's kind of like what uh, NVIDIA had on their... Well, sort of, but not, because it yeah. actually... So you have 12 pins, and the funny thing is the picture that I've seen makes it look like it's not a mini-fit. It's a, mm-hmm. I think it's a micro-fit, which is bigger. So it looks like it's the existing connector. I, I'll have to verify that when I actually take a look at it, hopefully one day. So the pitch, dif- the pitch between the pins are different. These aren't going to be backwards compatible with oh, the other ones. Oh, oh, okay. But is it even actually a mini? Is it the same as that mini fit connector? I thought these were micro fit, which is doesn't make any sense why it'd be bigger. I'm, but I'm not sure. So basically, you have 16 pins, and then you have four additional sense pins that come on the side. It really, to me, looks kind of rather fiddly. I mean, I'm not really a fan of this design. Almost like it's not a, quite a floppy connector, but. I don't. It looks like why in the world would you just jam this on? Those additional pins basically add uh, some intelligence, although uh, intelligence is a loosely defined way. Uh, basically, the power supply is going to be able to tell the graphics card how much power that cable can supply. I think the it's basically now up to six hundred watts. So right now it's what three hundred, right? So it's one fifty per eight pin. It's like eight, eight pins like are yeah, 150. Yep, 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 so yep, 150. Yep. So it's like some of the bigger cards might use three of those. So there might be 450. This will be up to 600 watts, 450 watts. Uh, I don't, I don't have it in front of me. I think it's like, you know, maybe 300, maybe you know, like 250. I'll, I'll have to look it up exactly. But um, basically, there's four different power ratings, uh, and the cables will actually be marked to say how much power they're going to be able to supply. Those sense pins, when plugged into the power supply, will basically uh, enable the, the GPU to, to, to know how much power you can pull out of that cable. And clearly, if it's a high wattage uh, GPU, you know, th- there will be issues. I don't know what will happen exactly. We'll, we'll figure it out when we get there. Uh, what are some other new features in this? That does uh, make you think that all the rumors we're seeing about the 3090 Ti, possibly, and next-gen Lovelace NVIDIA GPUs might be power-hungry indeed if they're bothering to get this all prepared before it all comes out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, so there's there's a lot of interesting things. Uh, so there's also a 48-volt rail uh, now that's part of the spec, although it's interesting. I finally did get a hold of the spec, and I read it partially. I mean, but the, it's the, really, it's not very much, it's not mentioned here. So instead, relying on Gordon, I actually talked to... Uh, of course, here's John Guru. God, I'm going to mangle his name, too. As you know, really, just really one of the, the top power supply experts around. Um, we were just talking about this last night to help him. Like, as like, well, what in the world is some of the stuff going for? And the 48 volt, I believe, is uh, he was saying it's it's really for workstations. So it's not really it's workstation server spec. It's 
mm-hmm. it's basically in the spec mentioned, but it's not really mentioned because if you go through it, you don't actually see it mentioned anywhere else. In fact, they say, you know, it doesn't apply here. We're just going to mention it. And basically, if you see the 48 volt um, talk, it it's for workstations. So when you buy that Lenovo P620 later on, or you mm-hmm. probably won't have it because it's brand new, but say a future iteration of it, it'll probably have 48 volt rail because it just makes more sense to have higher voltage, more efficiency instead of 12 volts. Um, but talking to him, because I was like, well, because I think every anytime there's a new power supply spec, everybody gets very concerned. It's like, well, um, how much is going to cost me? Is it going to cost me more? And he was saying, well, there there is a slightly higher increase in prices that you're sure of expecting, but it's not it's not going to it's not going to it's not going to break the bank. There are definitely some uh, more efficiencies. There's more efficiencies pulled over from the ATX 12 VO. I think there's a, a new lower. Let's find this. I should have read it. Yeah, so seventy the seventy percent efficiency at two percent load is something adopted from the CEC requirements. So basically, these are some of the specs pulled over from Intel's attempt to push ATX twelve VO, which is a single single rail thing that would move a lot of the power, you know, to the motherboard. Uh, I guess they basically said, "Well, look, we we need to build in this efficiency because clearly." Uh, more efficiency is important to people, and uh, we need to build it in. So if you don't know, a lot of power supplies today, they're, they have efficiency curves. It's usually under a certain amount of power that they're most efficient, and they're, they're not terribly efficient under very low loads. This new uh, 70% efficiency at 2% load is you know, far more stringent than ever that's ever been in, a, in ATX. So, Cool. Wait, so so I'm gonna need a new PSU. That's that's what you're saying, Gordon. Yeah, well, it doesn't. That's... Yeah, maybe eventually. That's not really like, clear like, to like me. when. At what point am I gonna need one? Is, is it gonna be like locked to? Oh man, I can't use this GPU until I get a new power supply. Is that? That's 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 my fear. That's what I think is not fear. That's what I think is going to happen next generation. At this point, I have a feeling that possibly Radeon cards, probably GeForce cards, are going to be drawing a lot of power that's why they're setting this up now and so next generation you're going to not only need to get your new graphics card if you're interested in that which will probably cost more than even this generation did which even before all the scalping and all the craziness the prices were already heading up next gen is probably going to be even more expensive and then you're buying a top end model you're probably going to have to buy one of these bad boys as well I yeah so the, I mean so the interesting thing is I was kind of wondering that so I was you know again talking to um uh John grew Johnny. over Johnny Johnny over there at Corsair. I was like, well, does this mean basically people are going to have to go back and redesign all the power supplies as well? It depends on the power supply design. He made it feel like there's not for their, you know, but little, definitely a flex for Corsair. They're saying our power supplies, you know, we've been basically preparing for this and it's not going to take a lot of work to get there. So made it seem like not going to be a huge, you know, price adder. Uh, it's not really a big deal to do this, so they think they can adopt it pretty pretty easily. Um, mm-hmm. I also get the feeling, though, that uh, it's – you remember Intel's always said that they want to support uh, multi-rail, and they also want to be able to mm-hmm. give people graceful upgrades. If you come out with a new spec and then now all the, the new – graphics cards you have to buy a new $600 power supply or $500 power supply I think that's not going to fly my guess is you'll be able to take 
I know that there's going to be a lot. Of, we'll we'll see because it is possible we're going to get there. But what I think is going to happen is you'll get all the GPU makers know you can't make buying a uh, power supply part of the deal. So I'm 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 sure if you got a, if you have a, a good power supply that can supply the wattage for it, say like, and then again, if you're looking at a 600 watt GPU, you're not running that on a, a 750 watt power supply anyway. If you have a, a, a really good quality, you know, uh, 1,000, 1,200 watt power supply, I'm sure you can, you can it'll have adapter cables to run it. So. Well, uh, Boz in the chat says, I sure hope there will be adapter cables uh, to make newer GPUs work with this these PSUs. Uh, they just bought a brand new HX1200 uh, that just arrived minutes before the show started so yeah and i think so i and again look at like look at nvidia's success with their minifit connector it was used on 3080 and 3090 founders editions and no one else right because no one was yep. like no we're not going to like we're not going to do this because it just doesn't make any sense everybody because they know that the vast majority of people have sunk a lot of money into a power supply so i would not be afraid of oh my god i need a new power supply I think what'll happen is you go out to buy a brand new Corsair power supply or Soulstorm power supply, you know, next year, end of this <laughs> year. It'll basically be probably ATX V3. It'll have the connector. When the cards eventually surface that need it, you'll be good to go. For everybody else, you just run the usual three cable, whatever that you got to run. So I don't, I don't think it's going to break things. Uh, by the way, the I think connector- it'll only be the very, very, very highest end. Like I think if you buy a forty. 40- 80 or 4090 or possibly the radeon equivalents like those are the cards that might have these i think for I every know, card okay. that they're able to they're going to stick to existing eight pin for now mm. so yeah. because it works and people already have that yeah yeah and yeah. the connector by the way is good lord i i gotta look this up now it's the uh 12v hpwr and I was like, what the hell does that even stand for? Luckily, a power supply vendor said it's uh, high, high power. <laughs> yeah, high power. It's like, high it, power. it took me a long time. It's like, what in the, what in the, what is this? 12VHPWR. <laughs> Rolls uh, right off the tongue. Did uh, Brad, did you see anything other than Founders Edition units use that, that 12 pin? No. Yeah. Okay. So not. that's, I mean, that's, you know, P- PC people don't like to ever change, right? So that's one of those things where. It'll be seamless. You know, as, as time has gone on, ATX power spots have been upgraded. You just never noticed because everything always works. You, even looking at ATX 12 VO, we did a video on that. A lot of the logic, a lot of design around that is like, we need to make this as painless as possible. And even that is, you know, it's, it's a little slower going, I think, than they would have hoped, even though it has a lot of upsides. But they, they, Intel understands from many, many years of, of trying to do revolutionary things. A lot of times, the the PC crowd is not into revolution; they're into evolution. So. I mean, I think in this case, it's fair to say it's not about not wanting to be part of revolution. It's just that almost like monitors, when people buy a power supply, they're expecting to get like at least five, maybe even ten, depending how good your power supply is, years out of it. So, and nobody wants to spend their money on like necessary stuff in life we want to spend our money on fun stuff right so if somebody's like i'm gonna get a new graphics card and you're like oh i gotta replace i gotta replace this too oh, it's, you know it's just mm-hmm. not it's you're like i wasn't expecting to it's still a perfectly good power supply so i could see why people yeah aren't gonna necessarily hop on board with that right away no and i agree because it sucks i mean even looking at mo- monitors a great example i have a 1600p monitors that have dvi only <laughs> right <laughs> 
DVI, <laughs> NVIDIA and AMD have unfortunately decided, you know what, we're done with that noise. Like, just, like, just take that. Oh, you want that? Why don't you buy the lowest budget card? Because that's where you're going to DVI. It's basically the VGA D-sub connector of today, right? That's the only place you can get DVI connectors. And well, good luck trying adapters. to get... Isn't that what no. you were just saying about the power supplies, too? There's no adapters? Well, so that's the problem is, yeah, there's there's adapters up to the limit of a single-link DVI. When you're doing multi, when you're getting dual link DVI, yeah. it is a serious mess. Yeah, it is a disaster. And believe me, I I bought many on Amazon. They're like, yes, this is this works with dual link, not on this monitor. <laughs> it's like it's just insane. And no, that sucks because those monitors are perfectly useful. But at the same time, DisplayPort is way better than DVI, right? Oh, so, yeah. Um, well, VC Jester gave us a $5 super chat. Thank you so much. Said, uh, so you're saying, Brad, that I need to get a 40 amp circuit ran to my computer room? Yeah. Uh, I didn't say that, but if you feel the need, feel free. <laughs> you know, so what, you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff. So, uh, again, go read Eris's write up over at uh, Tom's Hardware. He points out that some of these power supplies will need. So to hit, so there's also a bunch of reliability stuff that's that's put into um, to the new spec. Uh, there's one that it has to be able to survive something like 180, 170 something thousand power cycles. So you take your power supply, it has to be able to survive. It's like, what the hell? I'm never going to turn my machine on and off that many times. Like, why is that there? Um, I guess the rationale there is, uh, look at my... Modern standby, remember, and people don't know this because remember, Microsoft is pretty, pretty much has been pushing for modern standby for a while. Modern standby is a great euphemism for saying like your phone. Your phone on standby basically is always going out and doing things behind the background. So the PC has to be like the phone. We need to have your PC wake up and do stuff and do all that stuff. So it's got to wake up several times every couple minutes just to go check. Oh, you got new email. You got new this. So that power supply now has to basically be able to survive the power cycles. And interestingly, some don't actually survive the power cycles. Like you would think like 172,000 seems excessive, but if you think about it sitting that on your sense. desktop, waking up every, every minute four times, then mm -hmm. it's, it's going to add up, right? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense when you put it that way. Uh, the other I'm curious to see next year if, you know, all these crazy graphics cards do come out in these big 600-watt power connectors. Will it be cheaper to turn off my natural gas heat and just leave a PC <laughs> running with the bench, heaven benchmark on loop in the corner to keep me warm in my office during the day? <laughs> just run Furmark 24-7. You know, there might be money in older parts. There's like, you know, like, oh, oh you know, boy, it's, you know, Autumn's over. Ooh. You gotta like. I gotta break out the the winter blanket because you got that like. It's basically a sleeping bag blanket, like a di big thick ass down blanket in your closet. You break that out. Like, yeah, ooh, yeah, I, yeah. good thing I kept this old fourteen nanometer part and this like old hot GPU. You know, you break that out. Twenty ninety X. I was about to say twenty ninety X. You have both a white noise machine for sleeping and a little <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Uh, so the other thing I want to point out, though, is interestingly, it was pointed out that you, and it kind of confused me because, again, at Eris's write-up, he says, you know, some of the power supplies are going to need to be able to hit like 1,800 watts, uh, uh, 2,000 watts. There's actually uh, these these specs in the ATX V3 that basically say you need to be able to uh, to hit this. Uh, they're, they're calling it um, power excursions, you know, which is basically a power spike or a transient that basically will boost 
power up to 1800 watts and it's for certain wattages uh certain like if you have a 650 watt and blah 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 you have to hit like 1800 watts 2000 watts like how does that work in the and it kind of confused me because i was like in the united states you are not going to have a 2000 watt power supply because what will happen is your house will catch on fire because you can't you can plug it in you can literally because we don't uh, for the world who doesn't know we have 110 120 volt you literally like 15 amps you're not going to get to 2000 watts without lighting something on fire so you could do it in your home next to your dryer or washer right if it's running on 220 but you gotta use that yeah and um it was explained to me by another power supply maker that well you, you know you gotta realize these are sort of what we're seeing now very much is very opportunistic boost by GPUs and CPUs. So again, you look at a 65 or a hundred watt or 105 TDP CPU, that thing will spike up to 600 watts for like, right? Like, like mm-hmm. 10 microseconds or something, right? It's just for a very little yeah. amount of time. So the, the thought is like, well, you don't have to worry about that for in the U.S. because it's not going to, it's not going to, it's so short that it's not going to blow up any trip the circuit breaker so that's the rationale behind it yep okay yeah that makes sense there was the issue when all the ampere cards first came out too a lot of power supplies are freaking out with it yeah because the spikes you know and again so like those ampere cards and it's just a lot of those sort of like borderline designs where they never thought like well we never thought we'd have to hit that those really high Mm -hmm. high transients high power exertions so intel is basically saying let's build that into the spec because we think you're going to hit these very high transients for CPU and GPU. And that's kind of the future we're going to get to where you're just kind of like blipping up on this at super, super high power consumption for something you can't even see. Right. I wonder Bigger how that works. For the, I wonder if that'll work in an electric company. Could the, could the transients be so short that their electric meters wouldn't be able to register? That would be, that's a good question. Mm. That is a good question. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else new there? Uh, so new connector, um, and they do mention, and I, I mentioned Eris, uh, if you don't know, Eris at Tom's Hardware is also behind, uh, it's another certification of power supplies called cybernetics. Um, it's been around for a while. I don't think they've ever gotten the traction of 80 plus, you know, cause everybody now is the 80 plus is the gold and titanium and platinum standard of power supplies. Unfortunately, even though it doesn't really mean much, right. Um, so Intel did mention, I, I need to go, I need to go through and find out what exactly they called out, but, uh, cybernetics has its own certification program based on acoustics and efficiency for power supply. Uh, I actually think it would be a good idea for people to pay attention to cybernetics, uh, because as much as 80 plus has done a lot of good for power supplies over the years, as I understand it, it's gotten also very expensive. Uh, it's something like. $3,500 to certify one power supply wattage. So I think it's something like I was looking at, I was totaling it up, but it was like if you did a lineup of like five power supplies, it was like $25,000, $21,000. So like, so if you have a power supply built and Igor over to Igor's lab actually talks about this if you look it up, but if you if you, if you take say a power supply, an actual manufacturer in China builds this power supply. They sell it to Gordon's power supply company. <laughs> I now sell this power supply under Gordon's power supplies. Even though that power supply is already obtained uh, 80 plus rating, I still have to obtain it myself Jeez. as the OEM of that, of that power supply. And I have to do it. So if I have the 800 watt, 600 watt, 500 watt, I have to get one for each one of those at like roughly 2,500 bucks a piece. So 
it 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 does seem kind of excessive for certification. I'd be interested to see what other companies charge for certifications because that that seems like a lot. And mm-hmm. when you're looking at a lot of power supplies, you know that's that's going to be a major impediment. So I would sort of think like one way to help that is to have competition, and you know mm-hmm. for for eighty plus to be able to do that, clear result is the company behind it. They don't have to worry about it because everybody goes out and they go, I want 80 plus gold, right? They see 80 plus gold. I want 80 plus gold. Yeah. It's good. Well, uh, this power ply, let me tell you, meets everything 80 plus gold is, but we didn't want to pay them the money for it. I don't want it. I'm not going to buy your power supply. It doesn't have 80 plus gold. So people are looking for that logo. I, I would incur- encourage people to say, hey, maybe if you see a Cybernetics logo, go look it up. It's like, wow, this is. I'll do this. Maybe, you know, everything's cheaper a little it, bit. It kind of reminds me, uh, OnePlus for a while never paid for the IP rating. They were like, hey, it's 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 rated for, you know, IP whatever. Uh, but we just didn't want to pay the, the price to go get it IP rated. Is so. that true? Yeah, yeah. No, and they were open about it, yeah. So. I You know, there are a lot of companies that just don't like to pay. They feel like it's, it's, it's more they're being ripped off to have that label, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and they were they were chasing, you know, uh, low margin, you know, low price phones for a while. So, yeah, we in fact, we have a a water purifier. My my wife wanted for her uh, Christmas and birthday present. It was not cheap, but they have no certification and they intentionally say we did not seek any, uh, you know, these certifications because we're not going to the amount of money they charge to do this is insane. So they just didn't want to on general principle is what they're saying. There's arguments for plus or minus that, but, you know. Nice. All right. Uh, I guess we'll keep uh, an eye out for that, huh? Yeah. Uh, so Actually, you know what? We won't. It doesn't matter because the the, the PC's over. A- Apple's come in and, That's right. and announced the death of the PC, so it doesn't matter. ATX 3VO or V3 is done. Doesn't yeah. Matter. No. What do we need it for? Yeah. It's over. It's yeah. over. M1 Ultra's here. Uh, you know what? There we go. Flashing an image. M1 Ultra. It's it's the demise of the PC. It's the end days. Gordon. What happened? What happened today? I don't know. I I I, I got to leave at twelve thirty because I got to go stand in line for the M1 Ultra to buy one. Because <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to do that now. I know there. Probably won't. I got to start now. Come out in a month or so. I'll I'll be first in line. Maybe third. Maybe fifth. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Wozniak will be uh, first there. <laughs> oh, that, that was always the saddest thing I always thought about the Woz. Like, could you imagine, like, being what? the Woz? Like, why are you in line for this, man? Can't you just call somebody <laughs> up and, like, get one for free? And he's like, well, I'm... Backstalk him so much. I'm like, but don't you think, like, I? no, I'm with you. I'm one of you. I, I'm excited to stand here in line with, you know, by the way, I'm a billionaire and, you know, all the stock I made. Do you think, I think sometimes I, I suspect the backstory is, like, the Waz called up and, like, can I can I get that now? I don't want to stand in line. Like, Tim was like, no, no, just go stand in line. No, you know, Steve. Like, Steve was like, no. Oh, well, Steve yeah, was like, yeah. no, no. He's like, uh, no, I'm sorry. We don't, we don't have any extra units. Um, uh, I will say, uh, who is it? Uh, LaSalle Rhymes III, friend of the show, gave us a $5 super chat earlier, said, thank you for the in-depth talk about today's big tech news. Uh, of course, anytime. Uh, looking forward to seeing Gordon's face when you talk about the Mac stuff. So, <laughs> You know, I've really kind of... You, what, who, what do you, who wants to start? I haven't had too much time to look into it because it just got announced right before all this started. But it looks really damn impressive on paper, actually. Well, like there, there's a their new, marketing pitch. There, there's a new chip. No, it's actually not a new yeah. chip. I know Elena has strong reactions. Let's hear Elena's strong reactions. 
<laughs> I don't know if it's a strong reaction if other than just saying, but what but what does that actually mean? What, what kind of performance <laughs> are we actually talking about? But what is this actually being pitted against? Like that was basically like What are you talking about, Elena? A popular a popular GPU. Can you so what are you saying they they said? A popular GPU. Yeah, let, let me let can me you summarize that, uh, the image. Can you summarize what they said about cuz I I didn't uh, pay too I feel close like attention. if I were to summarize this in a single sentence, they basically said that our chip is better than everybody else's silicon, like you can't touch us. Uh, drop the mic, we're out. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh it's revolutionary. The the PC has never seen gains like this before uh everyone should pack it up it's, and go home it is really damn impressive like it really is like it should be made fun of because apple marketing is doing its apple marketing thing it's reality distortion field but this chip looks awfully damn impressive to me again i haven't been able to look into the deeper details yet because it got announced right before we started this but basically the m1 ultra uh apple created a new high-speed interprocessor connection that says delivers up to 2.5 terabytes per second of connection speeds which let it essentially we just talked about glue last week but it's a good description here glue two m1 max chips together uh and use it as a single chip which as we know as we talked about here a bunch the m1 max is very impressive for what it does uh especially for the workloads that it's targeted towards uh so having two of them glued together and it's debuting in a uh it's called the mac studio i think it is which is basically like a mac mini on steroids uh <laughs> it's, 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 it's I, i'm sorry it's actually kind of ugly for like i, I expected a little <laughs> bit more from apple like it's literally just like ah you know what what if we just took the uh, the the mac mini and just 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 mac bumped Maxi. it yeah yeah just put two on top i don't know i, I was i was like yeah. <laughs> but actually I, w- I will say at the very beginning when they started showing like the the circles and the you know the animation i was like oh gordon they bring back the trash can and if, imagine if they brought back the trash can but then it was actually something people wanted uh anyway yeah they did, no. they did show off some numbers uh it can have up to 108 20 gigabytes of ram which is nuts uh they did show off some numbers. Let me pull these up real quick. I took some screenshots. Uh, it says that CPU-wise, it can deliver the same amount of performance as a Core i5-12600K i, tw- I 5, and DDR5 system uh, at 65% less power. They did not whatsoever mention what workload that is under. Mm-hmm. Uh, it said it can deliver performance versus power relative performance is 90 percent higher than a 16 core desktop pc the 12900k with a ddr5 uh at significantly lower power consumption uh and then they compared it against gpus they said this new gpu can deliver the same relative performance as a 3060 ti at a third of the power no 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 no, no, no. brad brad they said they said uh popular the the most they popular did. They did say that, popular but, discrete but they gpu little, <laughs> and they they had little notes in the corner so that's where you can pull it from uh and they also said gpu performance for relative performance is equal actually it's just a little bit above uh 3090 in a 12900k system with ddr5 at 200 watts less power so those are big bold claims all of them and one max is impressive uh I don't know if this chip is really going to beat a 3090 more very often whatsoever. It certainly isn't going to beat it very often in games because if you want to play games on a MacBook, you need to get GeForce Now. Drink. <laughs> uh, but 
I wouldn't be surprised if these things prove true. Like Apple hasn't lied very often. Like it's always well, it never can't. backs up its claims. Yeah, no. they can't. They legally can't. No company can. Uh, they but they had no. They did, didn't talk about workloads, any of that. So, as part of doubling this chip, like it'll have twice the neuro engines, at neural engines, and all the other extra sauce that Apple puts in to like improve performance, like in Photoshop and stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if the M1 Ultra does in fact wind up faster than the 3090 with the help of these extra chips and all the other extra things that gluing two M1 Maxes together provides in workloads like that. But it's definitely not going to be quite as impressive as they're claiming all the time in every task, I think. Yeah. But it's a very impressive chip. It's interesting. I can't find... Oh, here we go. Oh, so they... Oh, that, that's for the power consumption, though. They So for one of their comparisons where they say it, it, it obviously uses less power, they're going to say it's going to save 1,000 kilowatt hours less energy than a high-end PC desktop, and that is comparing it to the um, to an Alienware Aurora R13 with an i9-12900KF, an Alder Lake part, and a, and a 3090. But I, it's just kind of okay. one of those things where so that's that's one of the comparisons they do, but they don't. But I think the maddening thing about how Apple does this, and I'm, I'm not even upset about it because I mean it's just it's it's like a parody. It's like meaningless in a lot of ways. I know they're not lying. I know it's going to be fast, but I mean, what what is that? You know, you should. I don't understand how Apple gets away with not saying how they do it because if you look at everybody. Uh, they usually break out when they say something is faster asterisk. They will say faster doing this, and I just don't understand why mm. Apple gets away with it. I, I, it yeah, just, me either. I mean, oh, if, it's clear. It's super clear why they they get away with it well, because they, they know their audience. They know that this their presentation is not for us. It's not for the people who are going to be like. So is that a Geekbench like? you know, like workload? Is that actually like something that's, you know, a little bit more powerful? This is for people who are like, oh, Apple got something new out. Here's my money. Oh, and you also gave me some talking points so that I can go to Gordon's Twitter and then <laughs> yeah. like add him for yeah. tearing this down. Well, you know, like, the, that's what this is for. <laughs> but the thing that gets me is like, so we just saw AMD came out, you know, chest pounding over third upper pro 5000. Like every single thing is like in this benchmark, this this application this 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 and I can tell you if you sent the lawyer there and said we want to see the numbers for this they're like here's what we did right but they say in After Effects or or Creo or whatever it is and Intel does the same thing they have they they say well doing this it's faster doing this it's faster why the hell do they have to do that if companies like Apple don't have to say that? I mean, why why not just come out and say, look how much bigger this bar is, you should buy it, right? I mean, why? I mean, I know well, it's I not... It's, the it really just boils down to audience, right? Because it's like, Intel can't get in front uh, of their audience necessarily and get away with that because they, they have a certain crowd that just won't sit for that. They, they already put the asterisk, and they put exactly which hardware they tested against at the bottom. Would it be that hard just to say in Adobe Photoshop? Yeah, it's you know, hard. that would cover it's not hard. I think the thing that offends me is I don't yeah. doubt because clearly M1 is like, wow, you know, all my expectations were ARM or Qualcomm parts. <laughs> this is pretty good. It's very impressive, right? It's very impressive, right? If you if you expected Qualcomm performance, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Qualcomm, when you get to the point where like, oh, you're like, you can you can chest puff two, we'll top. But right now you ain't there. 
But, you know, M1 was like, wow, this is really good. But, you know, come on, why not just at least... we? I don't doubt that the M1, whatever, Ultra MK is, is, is not... <laughs> Is not slow. I mean, it's not fast, but I, I would at least like to see like what the comparisons are because I think the maddening thing is it's, it's, it's that shell game of like you convince people to go on Twitter and they get on Twitter and they could do their hot take and like you have no idea what you're talking about because if I like, it's even like when you look at Push It Bench Premiere, Apple does really, really well, right? M1 does really well for what it is, M1 Max, but there are some things where I actually, if you look at the overall score, yeah, it's really good. But if you actually look at the the GPU subscore, it's like, oh, actually, the GeForce is faster in Puja Bench than the M1 Max. But the GPU yeah. score is, or the overall score is better because maybe it's some encode, some other magic somewhere buried into Adobe software that and overall it's better. It is faster, no denying that. But there are some. But the problem is, people go out and they just say, well, it's it's faster. This M1. Ultra is faster than a 3090. And just like, there are people who will absolutely be convinced it is absolutely faster. And I can tell you there are some things it is faster in, and there are some things it will get its lunch eaten into, right? So just why do we, why do we have to play these same games? And Apple, I expect them to do that because they're selling you a product. But for a consumer, don't buy this. Don't buy into the, the, the marketing BS. That's, I mean, that's the reason why, and Elena pointed out, that we can't, you know, if if Intel or AMD or NVIDIA just said, look how big the bar is, just buy it. People would be well, like, hell no, right? Steve in uh, YouTube chat did point out that NVIDIA starts to kind of drift into this territory. They did sometimes. get a little bit. That last one was like, <laughs> our bar is bigger, but they didn't really. I was kind of surprised, but like, because I'll tell you, AMD and Intel don't do that. But I mean, don't you think the responsibility is for consumers not to just eat that line, hook, line, and sinker, right? Because they want to believe and these it are companies' is their responsibility. It is their responsibility. Right. And again, I'm not saying this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Gordon's just tired. Of doing I'm just. It. Why bother? Why? I'm just giving up. And I'm just kind of think like, you should just just stop believing it. Just stop believing it. Not because it's not true, but because this is nothing to believe in. You have nothing to believe in. You need to see something to, you know. Hey, you got a better Geekbench score? Great. Better Geekbench score. Here's what it means. But at least, at least use something that tells us what it matters you know i mean but there's yeah, i mean but i mean but that's yeah. that's always going to be the case like i feel like it's just like that's just apple's mo like well, and and more so than never but it's okay. it's the consumer that's buying into it and yeah, you but, are but exactly you're talking about right the consumer that. that buys into it is an apple person right that they are but also gordon i do think that I do think that for a lot of people who are not necessarily super into technology but are still doing jobs that use the technology, it is harder for them to understand that, you know, uh, these two things have this end result, but it's not because they both have the same amount of raw power capability, like you were just saying, right? Like this one has just is just going on pure power, like raw power. This one is doing a combination of, you know, like software tricks, you know, rely on this and that. And that's how you're getting to the end. And I think it's just so much like Apple is just simplifying this to the point where they're just like, yes, like when you sit down in front of the computer, you're going to get this. And so it's just easier to explain it to them as you you can choose this path, you can choose this path, and they basically end up in the same place for this one task, right? And for us, it's weird because we think about things in raw power, right? And then we factor in all the other stuff that goes around it. I think for a lot of mainstream users, they just kind of care what like ends up in front of them. And so Apple is like, 
definitely catering to that because it's so much easier just to say like oh yeah like i don't need a 3090 because i can do this ha 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 i i also wouldn't say that that this is for the mainstream user though too i mean the mac studio you know mm. starts <laughs> really Sorry, really high but i think when i say mainstream i just mean somebody who's not necessarily into tech true Got it. like yeah. they really it's just more like somebody who's like who buys like an f-150 because they just need to haul stuff not because they're buying into like anything else you know they're not they don't really care about horsepower they don't care about this they just know that their friend told them this will haul x number of pounds you know and they just go and they buy it yeah, yeah but, my former father-in-law was uh, like a super advanced coder for a big corporation, like designing back-end systems and stuff like that. But he had no idea anything about hardware. Like, he could do everything weird. he needed to in this code. He was setting things that directed multi-million dollar, you know, factory lines over dozens of facilities across the U.S. kind of a deal. And he's like, I need a computer, Brad. What do I need? I don't know anything about these chips. <laughs> yeah, you know, my I don't think the thing is even... I. I think I I don't even have a problem with the hardware. It's just the marketing of it and the fact mm-hmm. marketing is is a dance sure. and the dance is only there if you buy into it. So if you decide I you know what I want to see something first then I tell you what there was there there was one bit of marketing that I really appreciated about how ludicrous and over the top it was. <laughs> so in that Mac Studio because it's so big they had to put a bunch of vent holes in it, right? And the way that they said that, they actually announced the vent holes in the middle of the presentation. They drew attention to these vent holes by calling them over 2,000 precisely machined perforations. And I'm just like, oh, my God. TM. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. I, I'm just trying to imagine now what my life would be like covering cases if every case vendor decided to call out. Oh, no. Like... Oh, no. Is there any oh, dust man? If you if you were running like social media for Corsair or Silverstone or something like that, how could you not yeah. go on Twitter and make a joke about that? <laughs> oh well, our case has you know six thousand precisely machined. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I hope I hope somebody on the Corsair. <laughs> you know, I do wonder: are there more on like a normal, just a normal size ATX case? Are there more holes? Because there's a lot of mesh on there. There might actually be more holes in the. I didn't realize how many holes there were until somebody like I was watching um I was watching a one of those like <laughs> Optiplex like mod type videos and this guy was so dedicated he actually hand drilled like 200 holes into one side panel and the thing is I didn't until he said it was 200 I had no idea cuz it's like the panel's like yay big right and it's only like the top half and I my brain's like, oh, that's probably like 50 holes. And he's like, no, it's 200. I'm like, oh, dang, that's a lot. But is it 2,000? Uh, 2,000. <laughs> Steez on uh, YouTube has another good comment. Uh, imagine describing a GPU cooler fin stack over 400 machined slices of aluminum. <laughs> <laughs> just, Quiet, you're going to give NVIDIA ideas. <laughs> Where they just do everything. They just like describe ordinary technology. Or computer components, but in the way Apple would market it. Oh, that would be hilarious. Or that your a Subway sandwich, too. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, the chip, the chip is pretty impressive, though. Like, if you look at their block diagrams, like, it's made on 5 nanometer. That's cool. Uh, it's upgraded from USB-C to Thunderbolt 4, which, again, is a good thing. 800 gigabytes a second of memory bandwidth. 20-core uh, CPU, 32-core neural engine. 128 gigabytes of unified memory, which is pretty cool, actually. Uh, that 2.5 terabyte per second interprocessor bandwidth. They call it Ultra Fusion, their version of glue. 
and 114 billion transistors. So, I mean, like tech-wise, it is pretty impressive. Yeah, no, I mean, and it's, I mean, there's, there's no doubt that it will be fast because basically it's interesting too. It sort of builds on the M1 Max because it, it's sort of like the magic of the future will be software optimization, right? So it's, it's, it's all going to show up. It's all, we'll have to see as, as who's, who's better able to get all the software to be optimized for their hardware, right? And, and I, the nice thing that, this makes it seem like Apple's not going to just obliviate itself like it did with its previous designs is uh, there's there's real support for it because it's like from iOS there's like this nice symmetry from, from all the way from iOS all the way up to Mac OS from hardware now so it feels like they've got developers and developers are firmly feel that Apple's just not going to you know drive and blow away at this point so I, I think that's that's all kinds of good but yeah, I, I, you know, uh, real quick, we got a two dollar super chat from Dan McGuire. Thank you so much. Said uh, always fun to watch. Thank you guys for the laughs uh, anytime. Uh, I, for me, and I, I've talked about this before. Like, yes, it looks impressive. I think what really still burns my noodle is that like they had they they were going down two separate paths for five years. Probably, I mean, like, how long does it take to to do an M one? Like, right to make your own silicon? Like, I mean, we're talking years and years and years of development right and on the other side they were like man we we really need to make the mac pro amazing we know we understand we messed up with the trash can we're really gonna like put you know effort into uh to to bring back the mac pro so that took many 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 years so they had two separate so uh, upgrade it yeah well I, I don't know if it's two separate teams or, or, or maybe they didn't talk to each other or something but it's like you think it like imagine in these two separate rooms they're like all right we got these guys over here re remaking the the mac pro it's going to be awesome we're going to release it it's so cool and then the next year this team over here working on m1 is is just going to crap all over it and just be like hey you know you you just bought you know up to thirty thousand dollar mac mm-hmm. pro haha you know guess what now now this is is double the speed for for a fraction of the price like i that still still burns my noodles that you know and hey i mean this is this is workstation stuff mac pros like nobody's really buying that uh on their own but yeah like i i just it still burns my noodle to know that they had both of these things developed at the same time uh, but they they still released yeah. the Mac Pro knowing that it was going to be obsolete like that. Wait, you mean the current Mac? I know, Pro? I yes. know, yeah, because it's it's, it's Intel, it's Radeon, yeah. I know someone who bought the tower. He's like, this is sweet. Like he's typically a PC guy. He's like, I like Macs as well. You know, I do Photoshop and all this other stuff. Uh, this is going to be upgradable and stuff. And he spent all that money on a Mac Pro, and now he's like, huh, nah, never mind. We said it'd be upgradable, but we're not actually going to release parts for it with this guy's switch. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's like, hey, you know, like, I, it's always going to get faster. It's always going to get better. I totally get that. But that you know that people making that Mac Pro with the, the Intel Xeons and the, the Radeon cards and stuff like that, like, we're, we're talking with their buddies over in the M1. They're like, dude, why are you guys still working on the Mac Pro with that stuff? Like, we have the M1 coming. They're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> like, like that, it just seems, uh, you know, I don't know. It just just feels crappy. <laughs> well, but, you know, also, I I think the thing about Apple is it's like the Mac Pro, when's the last time they upgraded that thing? Like they will literally introduce a new design and then it will sit there for three years sometimes. Of right? course, yeah. 
I mean, so, but they, yeah, there, but they are, there are the options. One, they rolled out the last one, and they're like, we messed up with, we know you guys want upgradable parts. We know you guys want a tower. So when they redid it two years ago or three years ago, they're like, we're made this specifically so you can swap in parts. You know, it's standard. It's a big full tower, all that jazz. And then. I mean, and, and you can. I mean, and the the options you got here, you have uh, what is this? Five different processors to choose from. What is this? Eight different memory configurations. Oh God, like twelve different graphic configurations, storage, afterburner card, things like that. So I mean, like you still have options over there. Like it's still configurable upgrade. I don't, I don't even know what words you want to use for that, but it's like they, they knew this was going to all be obsolete, especially when they, they go on stage and they're just like, hey, this Mac Pro over here, this sucks. You, so you're concerned over the customers that they, they basically needed to... They needed to, those customers to throw their bodies into the ditch so that the M1 Max could cross that later on? Is that no, what you're... No, <laughs> no. I mean, we can't get across his mud. No, Throw no. Throw body I, into it, x86 base Max. I mean, they just shouldn't have released the Mac Pro. Like, they should have just saw what was coming. Uh, oh, you know what? A year later, we're going to release M1 stuff. Why release the Mac Pro at this point? Well, but it hasn't been a year later. It's been... Yeah, like... it was a year between the, the Mac Pro and the M1. No. Yeah. The Mac... The M, Not the, the Max. Current, Not the, the M1 Max, but, like, the M1. Oh, the original the original. M1. Yeah. Um, yeah, but between the original M1 and between this, whatever the hell it is, Mac Mini Studio, Mac Studio, that's it's Mac been like three studio. years, hasn't it? I mean, three yeah, no, it's months. been like a year, year and a half, I think. But but still, it, it doesn't Time matter though. Like like they've been they've been working on M1 and all the different iterations for years and years and years, right? Like they they had to have known this was coming. And that this and the Mac Pro is going to be obsolete. Why not just be like, you know what, we we did the trash can. It's been sitting there forever. It's a joke, you know. But then we keep talking about we're going to bring back the Mac Pro. We're going to bring back the Mac Pro. You know what? Just wait another couple years until you have the M1, and then just you know, yeah. Like why why but have if that? They did, they, if they debuted this with the freaking Mac, they're like, all right, we're bringing it back. Here's this. It's- Two M1 Maxes glued together. Here's your Mac Pro you've been asking for. That would have been a mic drop. Moment. Well, and they did mention the Mac Mac Pro too. They're like, oh, well, that's not for today's event, you know. So like, they do have a Mac Pro mm-hmm. coming. No, I, and I get you, but I think they have to. You can't just simply go dormant for that long. I know it Apple. Was, it was goes, dormant a real long time, dude. Between well, the Mac Pro of right now and the trash can was a long time. Yeah, people were done with but, it. You know, I think also see a lot. My view of the the original trash can was it was the world was very different that was introduced in what 2013 2012 i, I don't remember exactly uh, it was basically Something like that yeah the entire world at that point looked like desktops were done desktops were stations and we, and you had every single analyst on wall street saying we, the world would be about sitting on the lawn on with your ipad right that was like i sort of felt it was the end at that point they never really thought because remember at that time Again, literally, analysts thought, and frankly, a lot of journalists thought it was the end of the PC. There would be no more. No one wants to buy PCs anymore. It's about tablets, right? We went through that whole phase, and I, I sort of think that the the trash Apple can was Kool-Aid. was the final was like the final love letter to the Mac. And they never thought they'd go back there. And then, like the entire world, it's like holy smokes, we had like resurgent PC and all this awesomeness. And they sort of go, well, we got to. I if they. Could you imagine if you did It's a Wonderful Life and there was no Mac Pro and you had waited between Trash Can and Now? You basically have to try to recreate an entire new base and you can't get to, you can't get developers. Developers were like, hell well, no, I'm not going to. You're assuming people bought the Trash Can. I'm, I'm, the most of the people I know were still on the old towers. 
Yeah, like but the, the cheese grater towers. So but those cheese grater towers were the same thing, right? No, I mean they were x eighty six. They were radio. I mean, they were just smashed down into a trash can. Uh, uh, true. So my feeling is like they did that. They thought it was the end. But if they if they just simply enough forget it, we won't see you for five years or six years, seven years. It's been like, yeah. I mean, yeah. but like I said, I, most people I know were still on the, they, they skipped the trash can. They were already that, yeah, but that they, out of it anyway. But I mean, a lot of them just kept the old towers. I, I feel or like they switched to PC. If they had That's done that, did. it would have been I, the end. Yeah. You can't rebuild. Dude, if, it, if like the trash can is what moved me, was one of the things that moved me over to the PC. It did. I mean, it, it was bad and they misma- They did poorly and mismanage it. But I, I do feel like if they had really shown zero interest, there, I mean, there's... All these other software well, companies were like, yeah. why am I going to well, sink money into and, this? And, you, yeah, you know? and some people are saying, hey, you know, you've got the, the Mac Pros that are out right now. You know, you got, what, three years out of them. They're, they're still good. They'll probably be updated. So I, I actually think, now that, now that I'm, like, mentally going through it, I think almost like they wanted to release the Mac Pro. So then, then when the M1 version came out, they could just crap all over it. No. That, that it's more of a marketing thing. I think they just had to. They just had to do it. To try to keep. Try to keep like, one. Keep it at least alive. Well, because they they had the IMAX. Remember, they had an IMAX with a thread ripper, didn't they? No, they had it with the Xeon. The Xeon, like a, right? You know what I mean. So, like they they had. I, w- I would. I knew more people that switched from the cheese grater to an IMAX, sure. high end IMAX, than a trash can. I mean, and so they still had stuff at the, the IMAX Pro was sort of like their stopgap. I feel like, but I just sort of think you can't simply. Shut everything off and then start over again because coming from zero is way yeah. harder than you got to get developers aboard. Listen to y'all as someone who is not invested whatsoever. I hearing you talk about it, Gordon. I 100% agree with everything you're saying. However, I also 100% agree with everything Adam's saying. And if I had <laughs> bought one of those uh, Mac Pros, I'd be super burned over it. Well, so there's no right or wrong answer here. I think Apple just colossally messed up what it was doing to desktops for a while. At the same time. And then, you know, well, let me tell you, and this is the thing is they did it intentionally knowing that they would make that left turn, right? So there is still, mm-hmm. you can still move some of your software over, but there are very few companies that are not, if you're like, you know what, I'm going to sell you this thing. And by the way, we're going out of business in two months. They will sell you that thing to the very last day they are going out of business because that's, that's just simply the way of, money. Of, of modern corporations, right? They don't, your your values, what you need, are not not their problem. They're the answer to the, the shareholders, and that's the only thing that matters. Uh, now, what I don't understand is why you're not concerned about the Mac, the the poor Apple worker at Apple, the slaving away mm-hmm. over the Mac Studio, like the tower, like that poor sucker is like, yeah, you're just like Alexander North. You know who Alexander North is? No. He did the score for 2001 A Space oh, Odyssey. Oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about it. So <laughs> what happens is Alexander North does the, the – he scores 2001 A Space Odyssey. Like, oh, the movie's coming out. We're going to the premiere. Gets his wife and kids. They all get dressed to the, the, the nines and tens. They go down there they're on the red carpet. They go and they watch 2001. And he ain't got – his entire score for 2001 was thrown in the trash, Right. So Kubrick says, I don't like it. Let's just use some off-the-shelf. Well, how much can I get uh, these songs for? We'll use that. But they didn't bother to go like, hey, dude, all that work you slaved over that you thought was going to show up in your big moment to shine, 
Uh, that's you better like um, you can go, but you may not want to do it because we didn't use it. Right? <sighs> they didn't even bother to tell him. So he shows I up. Understand. I didn't realize all that. So you, so you <laughs> don't think at Apple they they talk to the Mac Pro people? I they, think they have to separate the the Mac Pro people were separate. They from were the compartment. They you know because Apple's famous for compartmentalizing its employees. So like those people are like, yeah, we're like best thing ever. And it's just like Alexander North sitting there at the screen like. That's not my song. Wait, wait a minute. What, what? And like, oh, it's going to come on later, right? Maybe at the end they say it for the end oh. credits. No, oh. not at all. So that Mac Pro crowd is like, yeah, we're like, what? Wait, we're talking about like Mac Studio? That they they're, they're the ones that are like, oh, those are the people I feel bad for. All that investment and like, it's going to be so exciting. I made the best. I best made the best Mac ever that Apple's made, and all it is like, what? And look, the new Mac Studio is 10 times faster than the previous one. Whoever made the previous one must have been losers and the worst people in our company. Oh, my God. (laughs) I I am. I can't wait until benchmarks for this thing comes out because, like, we're sitting here dumping on it because obviously we're, you know, into the PC ecosystem over here for a bunch of different reasons. But this is impressive looking technology and I really want to see what it's capable of. And, and that's the reason I was mad about the benchmarks that they put out because yeah, that looks great, but I have no frame of reference to put that yep. against. And that's, that's all I want. Give me a frame of reference. Cause I'm actually, I was watching this. I'm like, I wasn't expecting this today. This is great. This is awesome. Give me some details. And then they did not. And I'm not dumping on it. In fact, I'm not, again, I I'm saying that this thing is just going to scream on the things that are optimized for. Ah. And there's some things yeah. where, AMD, Intel, NVIDIA are going to scream at what runs well on them. Buy the thing that works for you. Be happy with it. It is not you. This is not an electronic product representing your personality. This is just simply hardware you are paying money for. Get your job done faster. Be happy with it. You don't have to like... It's not your entire identity wrapped up into a piece of hardware, which is, I think, the problem for a lot of people. Especially on that yep. side of the aisle, sometimes. So again, it's going to be smoking because I mean, again, M one yeah. M one Max are like they are smoking parts and some things that they're good at, right? And there's some things that they are not good at. So I'm curious to see the performance drop off. I can't wait till Roman gets his hand on this. I hope he gets his hands on this. Uh, the performance drop off because it is basically two chips glued together using that Ultra Fusion interprocessor technology, and I'm curious to see how much if it really does scale two X. Like as far as versus the max, or if there's a drop off bit. Well, it's the same. So I don't thing. know if there's going to be an easy way to test. Oh, I suppose if you got two of the, these studios are being offered with the max and the ultra. I suppose if you had one of each, you could test that because it heavily depends on form factor with these chips. I also think it's it's just going to depend on what you're running to, right? So if you have something that scales yeah. with core count, they get a big boost. Yep. If it's something that scales with memory bandwidth boost, you know, there's all kinds of and there's some things where it's like. Yeah, ain't no different because you should have just bought an M1. You don't need an M1 Max, right? Because it didn't didn't really matter for what you do. So I think that's what it'll come down to. Uh, although I do want to say, because I'm not going to dump on its performance, because again, hey, we'll see when we actually see some real performance numbers. It's going to be impressive. But that thing is ugly. Is that am I the only one yep. who thinks no, this thing ugly. is ugly? You said it was ugly, ugly. too. But like, yeah, yeah. what is up with that? Like, I always expect Apple to like bring it to like you know like Apple. Everything is always about eleven. Like, but like, there is nothing about the way that M1 Studio looks that makes you go like, is this is beautiful? You know, you don't like right. This is nothing like whoa. Even the trash can, which is like that, was amazing. 
amazing engineering in the trash can. It was cool looking. It was cool looking. Yeah. It was you know that? But this thing is just like, what? Did you just call somebody up and just have them mill out a box and then throw some parts in it? It's just like, <laughs> oh, drill more holes in the bottom. That was like the whole Gotta like call out the holes. I don't know. The design team, <laughs> I, I think, definitely failed on that one. I don't know. I don't hate it. Like, I don't think it's anything special. But but that's a failure. You know, if you're Apple and it's not special and it's understated, that's not Apple. Yeah. Well, well I think it's like the MacBook. It's kind of the same thing. Just basic metal looking box. And this, I'm actually very impressed by how small the Mac Studio is, because they have pictures of it next to the new displays that they put out. And, I mean, that's a really tiny box that, if it, it truly does beat 16-core PC desktop sure. chips and a 3090, and even some scenarios, like, to get it in a box that small is really impressive, I think. I know, but could it look cool, though, <laughs> at the same time? I mean, I mean you buy Apple products. Johnny Ive's cool. gone. He's gone. I feel like you are you're you're thinking of like Steve Jobs era Apple like ever Johnny since Ives, like yeah. ever and yeah Johnny Ives but even after Tim Cook took over like they they stopped really pushing that like you know very particular aesthetic I feel like that they used to yeah it is kind of sad I mean because you look back at the cube remember remember the cube that yeah, was crazy he was cool I mean they really did some crazy designs and this was just like. That's just boring. I'm sorry. That's just boring. <laughs> like, I fully expect, like, hey, we got a Mac Mac Studio clone I, mini ITX case, like, next week. That's how long <laughs> it took to make this. Next week. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Apple. All right. Uh, let's see. Da, da, da. Anything else on Apple? No. Okay. Uh, do we want to go to questions? Oh, VC Jester gave us $5 super chat. Thank you so much. Said, uh, Apple knows that people who buy Macs got lots of dollar, dollar, dollar bills. So that is actually you know, very true. Like whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. We'll give them a boring ass box. It's uh they'll buy it. <laughs> so I tell you what, I am an iPhone user at this point and the most exciting announcement of that event was the new iphone se for me because it means finally there's another affordable phone because i got like every iphone se that was ever announced i'm much more excited about those than this Mac. <laughs> although i love to see what the m1 will do <laughs> nice i'm 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 we talked about this i just don't agree with the whole concept of low-cost iphone to me it's like why don't i take a you know, generic Android and stick an Apple sticker on back and try to make it people think it's an, an Apple phone. It just, it just, it doesn't, doesn't sort of jive. It's again, it's the, it's a six cylinder steel, steel rim Camaro in uh it's, you know, sorry, sorry, Brad. It's, it's, it's tiny and it's fast. I like it. And I can get a new one every three years, which is perfect for my upgrade cycle. So <laughs> I'm cheap. Yeah. All right. Uh, Cool. We want to move to, to questions. Sure. Uh, Elena, I know you need to pop out at some point, so feel free. Uh, yep. So if yeah. you have any questions, uh, luckily Discord's back, so I do have the Discord questions back. There's a couple good ones in there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if you have any questions that you want to get to right now on the show and you're live, uh, just at PC World in the chat. If you're watching this later or listening to this later, uh, go in, in the description. There's a link to our Discord. We have a channel in there for full nerd questions uh, that will be held till the next show. Uh, I'm going to bring this one up. Um, because I think Elena will have something to say about it before we, we get out of here. Uh, this is from VC Jester, and he has a real question, friend of the show. It says, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> after, after a debate a while ago on whether or not it is safe to use a pigtail to populate the t second 8-pin on a GPU, I did some research and found that the limiting factor of the 8-pin is the terminals used. 
Each 8-pin is rated at a combined wattage of 150 watts. Therefore, we determined that while the cables will be just fine, the connector that plugs into the PSU end will still be only good for 150 watts. That being said, Intel's push for the ATX-12VO standard... Uh, why would we need so many wires in the PC? Couldn't they just use terminals with a higher capacity and eliminate a lot of wires in today's cables? I guess we kind of talked about this a little bit with the... Uh, we did, P- yeah. PCI, uh, or the uh, ATX-3VO. Yeah. Um, and if you go and look at the interview we did with Intel on ATX-12VO, a lot of it was you you want to enable power supply vendors to reuse components because, again, <clears throat> revolution bad, evolution good. So if somebody has an entire parts bin full of a bunch of connectors and you let them reuse them again on a design, you have to do it. Because on ATX-12VO, which is a, a big step cha- forward, a lot of the design choices were made just to use the same connectors and to make things as simple as possible. So so I think a lot of that sort of factors into into the, the, the choice of parts. Because if you want to make everybody throw everything away and buy something new, they, they tell you to take a new standard and cram it up your cram hole usually <laughs> cram it in the cram hole cram it up your cram hole i tell you what i have never heard the term burns my noodle before today sorry i meant to mention this earlier and you said it two or three times during that last bit Adam, I thought it was bake, and bake my noodle. i love it you said burn I my said noodle three my different noodle? times oh, and i loved well, it i was just yeah, getting, yeah. Uh... Exactly. i only ever heard grind my gears and you know what really grinds my gears and that's what i was heading that's like the exact same cadence and i love it i'm gonna try it probably steal it okay let's continue <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so is it officially burns your noodle or No, I think I was saying it right. Uh, yeah, I was just getting so heated up. It's it's actually baked my noodle. Uh I like burns, so we yeah. use that one. I I mean burnt noodles sucks. Does anybody like burnt noodles? I don't. Yeah. Uh You're boiling them though. How do you burn them? Anyway. Uh if it runs out of With effort. liquid, I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh Okay, uh on to uh, well Elena anything about that? No. no, I mean, I think like Gordon said it all, and also we did kind of cover it during our second segment, so. Okay, um, a couple more Super Chats. Uh, Mike Quinton, friend of the show, gave us $35. Thank you so, so Ooh. much. Uh, always appreciated. Said, predictions on the NVIDIA hack. What do you think the final outcome uh, will be? Do you think NVIDIA will pony up the money? No. No. You don't, you know, the whole we don't negotiate with terrorists thing. I think that applies very much to things like this. Uh, so do you think they'll they'll, also, they'll dump the source code and, and all that stuff they're they're claiming to do? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think. Surprised. I would. Go ahead. Sorry. You, you can go first. No, you go ahead. You go I, ahead. I think it's just very much, unfortunately, it's like being kidnapped in every single movie. If you pay the kidnappers, your chances of getting the uh, person who's been kidnapped is like you basically are out your five million bucks and usually they fish a body out of the river. So even if they paid them, there's no guarantee that doesn't surface anyway. So I would think it'd be very difficult. And it sets sort of a, a really poor example, you know, although companies have, right? I mean, plenty of these, uh, uh, the plenty of these hacks where the company's like let's just let's just do it but i you know every day you're wondering like how do you know they really destroyed that copy right so this is too high profile i think to be at that point and i also think that whole you know unmake light hash rate unlocked on all graphics cards that we're going to release this data just shows that they're not serious to begin with like they're going to drop this data anyway i think they've already dropped a big chunk of it so 
<laughs> I, you know, what I didn't really understand with the unlock the hash rate thing. Was I didn't understand like I thought they were trying to play that into like, well, we want to, we're trying to, we're we're trying to make it look like we support normal people. Uh, normal people are, you know, the normal people who are feeling crushed these days by the GPU market are gamers. So why would you want yeah. them to unlock light hash rate? Like every yeah, gamer right. is like, no, <laughs> I would. You might as well just ask them to cut the. Why don't you just lower retail MSRPs of all cars by twenty percent? You know, it's, like people go like, oh, okay. Maybe that would work, or I need every single thirty eighty to have twelve gigs of RAM now. Yeah, you know I mean, just I don't know. It didn't. It didn't yeah. make sense to me. Um, yeah, me either. Do be careful about where you're getting stuff in the future, because I know yeah. there are uh, different. Like you can go to three D Guru, I believe it is, and download drivers and tech power up and stuff like that. I'm sure they check their stuff, but there we're already seeing malware because some of that was security certificates of some of the stuff that was released from the hack so we're already seeing malware signed with expired nvidia security tickets that's hiding trojans and other nasty stuff like that so you always want to download drivers from the official source you especially want to be sure to download drivers from the official source in the near term. yeah that is really so. scary though yeah yeah uh, follow up real quick from from VC Chester. I did not finish the reading the full post because it's kind of a long post. But uh, he was a he, he he was he was following up by saying that uh, imagine less wires in the cables and small form factor build, builders having uh, you know less to deal with uh, in the wiring uh, would be nice. Yeah, you know, it would so, be really cool sure. is because uh, you. So you put your card in, goes in perpendicular to your motherboard, and then you wire the power all the way to the side, and you pour it here. Can't we wire the power down here instead and then run it to the back? Mm-hmm. And then maybe have um, part of the aesthetically. specification to allow you to run wiring differently. Maybe move the RAM around. Maybe move some mm-hmm. ports around. Just Oh, no. Here we go. Wait. Oh, no. It, it, do you have something in mind? You know, maybe we have a spec that has like a, a larger gap behind the motherboard so you can run more wiring behind it easily. So it has like a minimum depth of like so the standoffs. Mm-hmm. So and then so this is better than ATX. What, would, what's what's one letter better than ATX? Well, that's already been gone. It was a, <laughs> oh, okay. I guess and there was even a DTX too. People don't remember a, AMD had DTX. I guess ETX. Mm-hmm. Wait, yep. what happened E-A-T-X to C- 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 What happened to CTX? There was EATX. What could you use? I'm just saying, people maybe should be open to letting old things go. But you know, we know. Oh no, here we go. TFNTX. This is from the same person who says the, full the, nerd. the PCs that we don't push anyone overboard until we push people overboard. You, you, but you have to because anyway, eventually go. you do. Bye, yeah, Bye. Yeah. Bye. Oh yeah, drop that and then leave. Of course, but you do have to push people overboard. They've been bitten by the zombie. What are you going to do? Like, no, maybe they'll get better. No, just let's just wait and see. No, I'm pretty sure that can we at least lock them outside? No, let's just keep everybody inside. Mm. Uh, okay uh <laughs> uh yeah uh andre kz gave his five dollar super chat earlier and i'm sorry i think i missed it uh apple talking about apple apple is the dystopian feature of brave new world it's efficient and everyone is happy with some uh some of it but it's uh incompatible with other tech philosophies yeah sure hmm i guess it's, right, a, walled, you know. it's a walled garden that's what it has been yeah, you know what was cool is I I looked up a it was a really cool garden program they have. It's got 
um, concrete walls and a guard shack. It's the, it's the, <laughs> it's the garden program at San Quentin prison, which is pretty cool. It's a great program. Uh, Al Bendy says uh, another rumor today that the 5800X3D will arrive April 20th for 449. What do you think, Gordon? Oh, boy. Uh, I would guess that they have looked at the competitors and it is priced to compete. It does feel a little high because at 449, what? You're, you're smack into 5900X. Well, what's what's the new low well, price for a fifty eight hundred X? Like the you know because they've been kind of on sale lately. Looks like three fifty. Well, no, you got to remember this is really like AMD hasn't said this, but it is designed to be its twelve nine hundred K competition, right. right? Yeah. So, and the whole point is to be as fast as possible at game. Rob Halleck was on here and said that. So, if this actually does manage to beat the twelve nine hundred K in gaming, it would be. $175 less than that. So I think that's where they're hitting the price with. Like, not so much the core count necessarily, but the fact that, hey, this is going to be super fast at gaming. Yeah, it'll be marketed purely on it's the best gaming CPU, right? So it's, Fastest gaming CPU. It's it's 100 I guess then that's the other question. Is, is it going to be $100 better than a standard 5800X? Well, for most <laughs> practical people, probably not. Although, you know, there might be some really, really significant uplifts in certain games, certain game titles from it. But I, I do think, yeah, for most people, it's probably not worth chasing. But again, that's for what most people need. A lot of a lot of marketing is not for what most people need. It's for being able to claim best of this or best that or save a, a thousand kilowatts of power every year over a gaming PC. Well, if you're primarily a PC gamer and you're looking to upgrade, at this point, like, you have the 12900K. Like, you have all kinds of options. All of these CPUs are great. All, there, you have no bad options left at this point. But the 12900K is up there. But if you already have an X570 or an X470 motherboard or something like that, and you're like, hey, you know, here's this new 5800X3D. It's faster than a $625 12900K, and it slips right into my existing motherboard. So I can see the appeal of it. Yeah. I mean, just the vast majority of people never upgrade, though. So I, I think it's mm -hmm. more for to be able to go into the store and see a big flashy banner that says AMD Ryzen fastest gaming CPU ever, mm -hmm. quote, outlet that says this, right? So yeah. it's, it, there's a lot of value in that. So for Poor normal people. The PC world. It's like uh, somebody telling you that something is 50% faster than every single thing ever and uh, not actually saying what that is. But the value of that is, is immense, right? So clearly... Worth it. Um, we got a question, a uh, good question from Lex over on the Discord. Uh, hey, Full Nerd fam, wondering if Alder Lake laptops are worth the splurge or if it's better to wait for Zen 4 laptops. The Zen 3 Plus refresh has not been particularly impressive to them, and if prices must stabilize by Q4 once the supply matches demand. Well, I think it very much depends on what you do. There are the, the best thing ever is you have fantastic laptop choices on amd side intel side nvidia side so i don't i would yeah if you wait it's always going to get better but i will say ryzen 6000 alder like are pretty awesome cpus right so i i, th I don't think you're going to lose anything if if you, they weren't impressed by how Ryzen 6000 Zen 3 plus refresh performed um, my guess is they're looking at a high-end gaming laptop 
because like Ryzen six thousand kicks butt for what it is. So, but also, I, I mean, I, I think the twelve nine hundred K HK like that thing kicks butt and takes names for a high end gaming laptop. Like if you're looking to buy a high end gaming laptop, I would. If I was looking to get into a new gaming laptop right now, I would have no issues buying the 12900HK or 12700HK gaming laptop. Uh, also, uh, e- even if Zen 4 desktop lands this year, that doesn't mean laptop yeah. is going to land. No, they just launched 6000, so it'll be here for a while. I, I would say, you know, pick yeah. around your needs. You know, it's going to be quite yeah. a while. But again, I can guarantee you Zen 4 based gaming laptops will be better than the current you know zen 3 base right or, i mean it's always going to get better right yeah it's like it's when, when you need it yeah so you you buy what you know but if you're if you're unimpressed by what you see then then go ahead and wait if you can't wait i will say there's a lot of great laptops right now so mm-hmm. they're really good designs I, if you can wait i would say that what we've seen so far has been the power efficient versions of ryzen 6000 like i suspect that the 12900 hk is going to remain at the top just that's what my gut tells me. We'll have to see when it comes to testing. But we haven't seen the high-end radi- uh, Ryzen gaming chips yet, so and those should hopefully be coming out pretty soon. So if you got it, if you can wait anyway, you might as well wait the extra month or two and see what those do, and then make your decision. Hmm. Yeah, no, that is true because we have not seen HX parts. So yeah, if they do, you know, higher wattage Ryzen six thousands in a bigger seventeen-inch laptop with a bigger, fatter GPU, then it's worth waiting to see those. But it may be also be a while before you actually be able to, to buy them. I still, it's pretty hard to buy the Ryzen 6000 laptops still. So, but it, they're just starting to come out. Okay. Uh, we had one from a uh, question from Justin Brown in the chat. Uh, they were having game crashes after installing the latest, latest NVIDIA drivers, hopefully from a uh, trusted source. Uh, went back to the old driver and the issue was still present. So then they installed DDU and reinstalled the drivers and that fixed the issue. Do you think this was yep. the right way to diagnose the issue? 100%. Good job. Boom. Whenever you start to run into funky stuff like that, DDU is a godsend. So I use it all the time whenever I'm switching out graphics cards. Like on my personal system, I usually upgrade in place. But whenever things start to get a little wonky, just use DDU and 95% of the time it fixes it. Like these are... Driver downloads these days are half a gig big. They're big, complex, nasty things, and they leave hooks all over the place. So every now and again, you just got to nuke and start over. Do you have to do that from safe mode always? Because that is the sort of the pain. Uh, if just... I start to run into issues, I do that. Like on my own PC, like I just do, you know, just the standard thing, and I've never had an issue with it. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> a couple more here. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess these these are just fun ones left. These are just fun ones. Uh, All okay. right. Did did the Veed follow up with anything? No, we're no. That was our weekly Veed follow up. We 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 answered that last <laughs> oh, okay, time. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, a couple more fun ones. Then we get out of here. Uh, VC Jester gave us two dollars super chat. Thank you so much. Said uh, or asked, will you sign their copy of Monstered, Gordon? Oh, of course. There you go. Well, I could maybe. Hmm. I should get the director to sign it, but. I haven't seen him for a while. So. Yeah, there you go. I'm sure he'd be impressed. <laughs> uh, David Richards, uh, friend of the show, asked, uh, you, you, um, I have finished uh, the next generation and Voyager working on DS9. Is there anything on Paramount Plus that is good that they should watch afterward? I don't know because I I 
honestly don't subscribe to. And you know, the sad thing is, a lot of people go like, "What do you?" I've had this. A few people ask me in the last couple of weeks, like, "What do you think of the new Star Trek stuff?" I was like, uh, "To me, it's like new Star Wars stuff. I don't care for it. So it's just none of it works." You kind of want to live in the past, so I, I would, I don't think there is. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like I'm killing myself to pay for Paramount Plus to watch these yeah. new shows. So this definitely, I was, I was thinking like, like the obviously the Apple, they do their Apple whatever TV stuff, but like, mm-hmm. like who are you going to send off? The, who are you going to vote off the island? You can't vote Amazon Prime because that's just permanently welded to you because it's part of Amazon Prime, so you're stuck with it. Yep. I feel like Netflix. Is two value, two value. They just give you a lot a, of value, don't you think? I'm about to dump Netflix. I Although, think. yeah, sometimes I do, it feels they're, like they're up to sixteen bucks a month, man. I'm like, do I care that much about it? <laughs> and a lot of times it's like, okay, you're just giving me the same carousel like over and over again. I've seen. Can you give me something new? And then, okay, then you get Hulu, which is a lot of you sort of like a giveaway. A lot of like a lot of carriers, and the, I've Disney Plus and Hulu which we get as a giveaway. And then the only one I really pay for is HBO plus whatever. And I don't think I would ever HBO dump now. H- yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's got good stuff. Cause it's HBO got good stuff, does, yeah. does good stuff. I, I can't see that I would ever dump HBO for Paramount or Apple, whatever it is. I get Paramount during the football season so I can stream CBS broadcast games. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big, I'm not a huge Star Trek fan, so I haven't watched any of the new stuff. Totally unrelated to tech or nerdery or whatever, but there's a tattoo competition show called Ink Master that's dope on that. Really? That's it. How do yeah, they... it's wonderful. So it has, it has uh, Dave Navarro, the guitarist from Jane's Addiction, is one of the judges. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> so I knowing having to watch like some baking and sort of like and even the like the sort of the insanity of of modern stream content. There was one show we watched. My daughter recommended it. It was like baking with an engineer. Let's make an engineer work with a baker. It makes like who the hell? How much drugs you have to take to come up with this? There's some good competition cool show, but you know that. it's also clearly like you watch it for the train wreck, which is the unfortunate thing. Like every single competition show, they always have the train wreck. It depends. How do you do that with a tattoo? Because I can say, oh, you really, oh, you, you really botched want, this cake. Oh, you really wouldn't want to. So what do you do for tattoo? It's like it's pretty permanent. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, it's supposed to look like a pirate's shirt. head. That that looks like I don't know a butt. Why? Well, yeah, I got the bad. I got the bad yeah. tattoo artist. <laughs> no, the most uncomfortable part of that show is in the later seasons. Uh, the judges obviously do the judging, but then they have all the people. They call them canvases who got the tattoos. They all have to get together and collectively decide who has the worst one. <laughs> it's brutal. Uh, but you just, but you know, because these shows, they're, they're not reality because they're not real because every single show intentionally picks like the loser to do stuff. <laughs> and then, so you're basically picking this person who has like, like this massive handshake and, do, <laughs> and like what you're really going to let this person go to, go to town on your arm with like, he's got the handshake from drinking too much coffee or something. No, you're like, I'm just, I forget it. I don't care. Here's your $50 back. I'm out. What do you, I don't get that. How does that even work? Uh, it's yeah. fun. I will say, uh, for some reason, I, I, I mean, I, I, I think like a lot of other people, I, I have, uh, I have Hulu and Disney and some uh, HBO Max are all uh, f- shared accounts uh, from from family oh. and friends, so uh, I don't have to make those decisions. Uh, but the uh, Netflix we get mostly for free from T-Mobile, um, 
Amazon Prime, obviously, I have to pay for, but you know, I consider that a, a full one. Uh, but yeah, I just found out yesterday uh, T-Mobile's given a year of Paramount Plus for free. So we just signed up for oh, Paramount cool. Plus. The first thing I went to actually on there was the new Twilight Zone uh, reboot with Jordan Peele. I love Jordan Peele stuff, and like so far, we, we've only watched a couple, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Twilight Zone. And I, I think I think it's good. I think. It's oh, good. really? Yeah, I don't think it's like earth shattering or groundbreaking, but like, it's it's solid. I, I dig it. Yeah, uh, I went I went to go cancel Hulu two or three months ago, and they're like, rather than canceling, how about you just we give you the ad supported version for three dollars a month for six months? And I'm like, yeah. sure. So if you want to pay less for your stuff, go try to cancel Hulu. They'll give it to you cheap. <laughs> there you go. The amount of ads they run though are a oh, little excessive gosh, sometimes. Geez. Although you know what's funny? I didn't realize this. I was watching something, and um, because they have this new, uh, based on you know the dropout, but there were no mm-hmm. ads. Like, how come there's no ads? Because when we watch it on 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 the streaming box, there's like one every five minutes, but there's, there were no ads and I realized, Oh, it's the ad blocker. So if you're watching <laughs> in a browser with an ad blocker, there's no ads, oh, which nice. I feel like, huh? Yeah. Okay. I guess you could do it, but that doesn't feel right. But it was like, <laughs> it was like far more enjoyable without the ads every five minutes. That's interesting. Uh, all right. Uh, come more left. Uh, VC Jester gave us another $5 super chat. Uh, I'm, it's not a question, but I'm going to make it a question. Gordon, do you consider 2001 a great sci-fi movie? Yeah, no, I mean, it is definitely one of the greatest sci-fi movies ever, especially when you sort of consider, like, when it was made in the late 1960s. They basically invented the the iPad. <laughs> Thanks, Apple. You didn't really invent that. Stanley Kubrick invented it. You had the... Everything was just like... There's just so many things in, in, in 2001 that are just amazing that hold up. All right, so the second part of it is then... So then you're admitting you like long, slow panning shots of spinning aircraft. Well... Know? Actually, I do take that back, Adam, because I have a good friend, Alex, uh, last name North. I told him I like this movie. He said, oh, yeah, let me tell you this story. And you know what? I, you know, Stanley Kubrick, call him up and tell him to go F himself because I like my music. So, no, I, I can't. Well, if, if, if you like really long, slow shots of aircraft, really beautiful imagery, you should, you, I've, I got a movie for you. I got another movie for you. Oh, yeah. Space uh, Tug movie? No. <laughs> Are they remaking that now or some TV show or something? I don't know. Uh, last one is from uh, Moonman2090 uh, over on Discord. Uh, two-part question for Gordon. Number one, when you're going to the Oscars, what's an off-the-rack number that's acceptable? What, what would you wear to the Oscars, Gordon? Wait, off-the-rack number? I don't... Yeah. Oh, for clothes. Clothing. Yes. What would you wear? I don't... Because you know, you, they know you're not getting like a designer outfit or something. Oh, I see. No, well, they wouldn't let me... They there is like even let you there are certain things like have you ever what's that 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 um is it Coachella whatever it is Coachella Coachella yeah. I tried to go there once they stopped me like they had like <laughs> full on police like uh sir step out of the car like what's up what's up you're too ugly to come in no I'm never gonna get I'll never get close enough so believe me <laughs> you'd be like you'll try to get up it's like no you don't even get like within five miles of this place like you are just like no nice no. <laughs> Uh, well, their follow-up question, or number two, is uh, is the strappy little outfit from the hardcore hardware digital storm Eventum video included <laughs> in your, your everyday carry inventory? Where the hell did that even come from? It, it was remember. that spaghetti strap. Uh, yeah, but like, top. where did where did Dan <laughs> where did it buy come that? from? Uh, don't ask me. I have no idea. The Dan Dan and Olivia love to uh, <laughs> to put you in yeah. interesting situations. Yeah, no, that was definitely. <laughs> I guess it, they probably like laughed later on. He will never say no to anything. Oh yeah, but no. you're supposed to I listen to, to what the director yeah. tells you. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> uh, funny stuff. All right. All right. Food. No, wham, we didn't end up with any food questions. Weird. All right. Then uh, let's get out of here so I can eat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's just funny. So check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or just or Stitcher, and if you're on one of the services, please leave a review. Every time you do, somebody claims something is the best thing ever and then never backs it up. Send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Young with Brad Charkas. Adios, show. And Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the off switch. Thanks, everybody. Uh, we will see you next week. Uh, we, we got a live build next week. I'm very excited about this one, so uh, look forward to that. I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>